We believe running is freedom and empowerment. We believe running solves problems and makes people happy. We even believe that if more people run, the world will be a better place. We believe in running because it is our passion. This is the Big Peach Running Company Run ATL Podcast with your host, Mike Cosentino. From the capital of the South and the host of the 2020 U.S. Olympic Marathon Trials, this is the Run ATL Podcast. My name is Mike Cosentino. I have the grand fortune of being your host on this broadcast. I do not do it alone. I do it with friends. D2 Dolomite Dave Martinez, he joins us right now on the other microphone. D2, hello to you. Hello, and yeah, I'm, I'm getting excited for the Olympic Trials. I mean, I... I remember living in Orlando when you know the Olympics were here in Atlanta, and I wanted to come up. I was actually in broadcast, and my goal at the time was to come and work the Olympics. That did not happen. I came <laughs> much later. I came in two thousand, so four years later. But to be here, you know, around the you know the marathon trials, it's just it's it's going to be exciting. The people and the buzz that I'm hearing, you know, the runners, it's it's going to be so cool. Super amped. I'm sure our listeners can hear it in our voice, and we are serious about this. It is a big month. Welcome, everyone, to February 2020. It is leap year, one extra day, and boy, is the city of Atlanta spending it the right way by hosting the Olympic Marathon Trials. Your friends at the Run ATL podcast, we will not take a break this month. In fact, we're doing something we've never done before. We're going to bring you an episode every single Monday until the trials. That's right. If you're listening to this as it releases, it's February the 3rd. We'll also have an episode for you on February 10th, February 17th, February 24th. You will be so ready for February 29th because D2, different Olympic trials qualifiers every single week. Yeah, this is this is pretty awesome, and we got some some local athletes. We, we, we've got some you know well known athletes, and I mean this is kind of cool. I mean, I, I sort of kind of wish that this is something that happened on a regular basis, where we got these you know great athletes who I'm sure are going to have some incredible stories, just how they got started and the work that they're putting in and the dedication um, to just to be the best and to represent the U.S. Um, it's just going to be so cool. I, I just, oh man, it's like if we could do a podcast every single week, we would do it. If we could line up the guests, this would be awesome to do. The big question is, will we get anything else done this month? But you are going to hear in this episode, the funny runner, Brittany Charbonneau, is our featured conversation. Before the month is through, we're going to bring you the winner of the recently completed Houston race. We're going to have Jared Ward joining us. We also have Molly Huddle on tap this month, and we're doing something really, really cool. If you're listening to this, you may have already seen our Facebook Live with Hayley. Chura, of course, we're going to bring that to you as a full run ATL episode. So we have great athletes, like you said, well-known across the country for their accomplishments. And yet they are going to give us stories and indications of what we can do in our own lives, perhaps in our own training that has real application that we can immediately put to use to make ourselves better, make our running better. In this particular conversation, D2, Brittany's so much fun to talk about. She just gives us solid reason to believe running can indeed be fun. Oh yeah, and I mean, and for all these events, you know, you, know, you gotta sign up for the newsletter. It will have all the details. We've got so much stuff planned. You know, leading up, especially the last two weeks leading up, we're, we've got some things that we're kind of planning on. Um, you know, God, it, it's just it's it's so much right now, and we don't have all the details. It's it's a tease, but just 
pay attention to, you know, listen to the podcast, listen to, you know, uh, sign up for our newsletter, get that every single week on Monday and our social media channels. It's going to be an exciting time. That's exactly right. May we say limited edition. May we say VIP viewing. May we say big time fun. The answer is yes. And along those lines, big time fun, Brittany Charbonneau joins us. She is the funny runner. She will be with us unedited right after this very brief message. Running doesn't have to be hard and injuries don't have to be a part of your running experience. Learn how to run better through Big Peach Running Company's Transform Running Workshops. In this three-hour session, you'll learn three simple elements that not only improve your form, but also reduce the chances of injury, allowing you to run faster and make running more enjoyable. Sign up at BigPeachRunningCo.com and become the runner you've always thought you could be. And welcome back to the Run ATL Podcast D2. This is so cool. We have wanted to have this conversation all year long, and to be able to have it before the Olympic trials is certainly a treat. Brittany Charbonneau, she is the funny runner, and more importantly, she is with us right now. Good afternoon, Brittany. Good afternoon. Thanks for having me. Well, it is our pleasure, and on behalf of all of Atlanta, congratulations. You are one who has had your ticket punched. You are coming to Atlanta on Leap Day. You'll be here on February 29th. I'm sure you're looking forward to your next trip to the capital of the South. Oh, my gosh. I cannot wait. It has been two years since I qualified, so um, it's crazy that it's around the corner. It's finally here. I'm so pumped. Well, let's let's talk about that. That's a great place to start because you did you qualified two years ago. Specifically, you qualified in March of 2018 at the LA Marathon. For those of you who have tracked with some or all of the athletes, Brittany ran 2:36:34 in Los Angeles almost two years ago, as she said. So, take us to that day first before we ask you what you've been up to over the course of the last two years to get you ready for this trip to Atlanta. Let's talk about that special day in your career. In in March of 2018, what was it that gave you both the confidence at the start line and the result you needed at the finish to get you that ticket to Atlanta? Um, it was a lot of different things. Um, it was so about six months before that, um, I had quit my job to pursue running, uh, professionally. <laughs> um, and at that time my PR was a 252. So not really grounds for like, you should quit your job and pursue this. I mean, it was certainly <laughs> time, but not like anywhere near where you would think should be justifiable for that. But, um, I had just met my coach, uh, not too long before that. And so I kind of had the confidence knowing, like knowing my work ethic, but also knowing I had backing from a super supportive coach and just kind of taking a risk. Um, so that whole season leading up to LA, um, I was just like working on all these new workouts that I had. So before that I hadn't been working with a coach at all. I was just using online training plans. And so I kind of, um, had the confidence with, you know, specific workouts now and the knowledge of a coach, um, that I knew I could go after the Olympic trial standard. And until 10 days before that race, my goal was a 245. Um, and I remember 10 days before the race, my coach and I sat down to, um, do my race plan for LA. And I was like, I kind of feel like I could hit the A standard, which was a 238. And we went back and looked at my training and she was like, yeah, I think you can. And I was at that moment floored. Cause I thought she was going to say, no way you're not even close. Um, but she was like, yeah, I think absolutely. And so I had that as like a 
stretch goal for that day of going out and trying to hit the A standard. And if I didn't, that's okay. Cause I'll still hit the B standard. Um, and so when I crossed the finish line at a two thirty six, which was, you know, well above the two thirty eight, it was just like, a what just happened? And the race announcer at the end, I crossed the finish line and he said, here comes Brittany Charbonneau with a 15 minute PR. In that moment, it was just like the crowd went wild. My family was there and I realized I qualified for the Olympic trials. And so it was just so fun. I just, yeah, I loved, loved that day. So there are, there's never that possibility that we could share too many stories like that. I mean, I even get chills just kind of listening to you retell that and think about what you have at stake as you're at the start line in Los Angeles, then almost hearing the announcer welcome you to that finish line. Part of the Run ATL podcast, and I mentioned this during some of our prep time, that we want to empower and encourage people. And there's so much, Brittany, in your story. You alluded to some of it that I think empowers and encourages all of us and all of our listeners. So let's not lose the opportunity to kind of go back to that first marathon, to go back to electing to quit your job to pursue something that you knew you had the opportunity to put real talent, real passion, real commitment into, and then ultimately the satisfaction that comes with being able to get to that finish line and say it was all worth it. So first of all, for those who have not followed your career, perhaps done their own research, you already mentioned it. Your first marathon, if my research is accurate, was at 333. So you look at a 236, a qualifying standard, almost a full hour below that first marathon that for you was still, and for those who have this as one of their targets, whether for this year or at some point, 3.33 for your age and your gender at that time was a Boston qualifier, so certainly no slouch. But for those of us who have done marathons, thinking about peeling almost 60 minutes off of a 3.33, that is crazy. How do you get started even with a great coach and maybe lessening the commitment to the workplace at the time, peeling 60 minutes off that PR? Are there certain workouts that you did? Were there massive changes in your nutrition plan? Were there other things that were going on in your life that just kept you hyper-inspired? What is it that maybe we can relate to that might get us to find those big gains if we make some changes in our own routine this year? Yeah, you know what? Like, There's so many... There's so many amazing opportunities to fine tune the marathon. And I think that that's why I love the marathon so much is there's, because you have the benefit of time on your side, you, there's every little piece counts, but honestly, looking back over, so I ran that first 333 in 2012 and then 2018, I ran the 236. So I gave myself grace with, allowing time to do its job. As mm. long as I kept putting the work in every single day, I know that over time it's going to pay off. And I never had the goal. Um, when I ran the 333, it was the most miserable thing in the whole world because it was your first marathon and <laughs> it was so hard. But is this? I couldn't walk after and I was convinced I was never going to run another one. So had you told me at that time that I was going to then six years later run an Olympic qualifying time, I would have laughed Um, but so like, I think not thinking too far ahead, but also knowing that time is magical if you keep putting in the work. But for me, honestly, the biggest changes that I've seen and that I still work on every day is, uh, how I treat myself and how I talk to myself. And I think had you told me back in 2012 that I would have, um, been able to 
be running the Olympic trials, I think I would have been very afraid and I would have talked myself out of it and said, no way, I'm not good enough for that. I just only ran a 333. And so, um, I started to, I started to have to shift how I talked to myself and I noticed that I was really unkind to myself back then. And I still have my moments, but that's been like a massive source of, um, growth for me is really how I'm stepping into myself, how I'm believing in myself, how I'm my own biggest cheerleader. Um, because if you don't believe in it yourself, no one else can do that work for you. So honestly, that has been like the, one of the biggest catalysts in my career progressing. Wow. So let's, let's use that term because we gave everybody the website. I'm going to give it again. We're talking to Brittany Charbonneau, her website. And if you've not already been there to see the full story, we're going to unpack it for you. Let Brittany give us not just an indication of what we can do to perhaps further our training, but to further our abilities to think the way she did to give us that permission for positive self-talk. I love what you said a second ago, Brittany, in terms of letting grace over time do its job. But the funny runner.com. And you mentioned that your career as a runner, of course, you had to give it time. And there was that instance where you would have laughed. And that chuckle that I had was that chuckle of relatability. Cause I remember my first marathon, unable to walk the next day, swearing it off ever <laughs> yeah. again. And you were in the same spot. It's not like you just kind of fell out of the baby jogger, ultimately ended up on the Olympic trials qualifier start line. No, there was some real effort that had to go into it. The reason you're the funny runner yeah. though, has to do with something else that takes serious courage. You are also <laughs> on stage. You are also someone who yeah. enjoys making others laugh, enjoy bringing others a show that isn't just the spectacle on the roads when you're running really fast times. So for those of you who have not already put all this together, she is a stand-up comedian. She has her own act. She has been on stages around the country and her career now is not just running. It's not just what she gave up back in 2012, but it is also as someone who is very much in show business. Help us understand that part of you. Give us the backstory of the funny runner. <laughs> yeah. So, um, so I was living in Chicago at the time. Um, and I had just like, this was in, a. Uh, 2015. And when you have that inkling in your gut of something that you always wanted to pursue or learn more about, that was um, comedy for me as I just kind of always wanted to try acting or I, try, I wanted to try comedy. And so I was living in Chicago. And um, so that was a perfect opportunity to study. That's the Mecca of comedy. And so I um, studied and graduated from the writing program at Second City, and then um, was also taking improv classes at another theater out there. Um, and so I loved it. Like, it was just like as easy for me as running to love. It was just like, yeah, this is what I love to do. Like making people laugh and just being completely goofy, stepping into characters was so just part of who I was. And so, um, fast forward, I had moved back to Denver and getting ready to quit my job. I had been on one local show here called Denver's next improv star. And I was like, and it, I didn't win the competition but I was like, yeah, no, this is great. This is also grounds to quit my job and pursue this full time. <laughs> and so I was like, how am I going to do this? I want to pursue running and I want to pursue comedy. This does not exist to my knowledge. Like, I don't know anybody that has blazed this path. I don't know if it exists. Can you even make money doing this? Can this be a thing? 
And so I was like, well, I'm going to make it a thing. And I'm going to call myself the funny runner when people ask what my job is. And um, that just kind of stuck. And so, um, yeah, so I actually, so I'll, I'll use this as a moment of education for all of our listeners. So I actually don't do stand-up comedy, um, which is what most people think of when they hear comedy. So they always say, like, tell us a joke. And I'm like, I can't because I don't do stand-up. Uh, <laughs> I do improv and sketch comedy. So improv is like, is very similar to whose line is it anyway? So it's all made up on the spot. And then sketch comedy is uh, very similar to Saturday night live minus all of the um, amazing stage production that they have. Um, and so, yeah, I have my own show, my own one woman show. That's all sketch comedy um, with a little bit of improv in there. And it's all about my running journey and um, the relationship that I've had with running since I was little to where I'm at now. Well, and you mentioned two things, so I'm not going to miss the opportunity to give everybody very specifically what that one-woman show is. My long-distance relationship with running from the early miles to the Olympic trials, my guess, Brittany, is you'll have too much going on in Atlanta to come to Big Peach Running Company or some local venue and put on your show. Is that a fair statement? Yeah, sadly, I even didn't really, I didn't perform it in 2019 either because training had gotten a bit uh, more intense, as you can imagine. So, um, but I am bringing it back to Denver um, the first two weekends of June. Um, so it'll give me time to recover after trials and write more of the story because it's all still being written. And then, um, uh, yeah, perform here again. And then who knows, maybe I'll get to travel with it and pop down to Atlanta and perform it down there. Well, that's what I was going to say. It'd be a great reason to bring you back. We're convinced you're going to have the time of your life when you're here in late February, but at the same time, what a great reason to already plan that you'd be coming back to our fair city. You already mentioned Denver. One of the things that I loved seeing talk about an awesome, awesome weekend. You mentioned 2017. Y'all check this out. In 2017, Brittany mentioned Denver's next improv star. If my details are correct, Brittany, you were runner up that evening. I was. Yeah. And the I following was was morning uh, won the Denver Colfax Marathon. <laughs> Is that also accurate? <laughs> It's set the course record. <laughs> How cool is that? Y'all check that out. So she is the runner up the evening before the race. She sets the course record and of course wins the race. What an awesome weekend. And if there are people out there wondering, could I realistically pursue two passions or interests or perhaps areas where I have talent and do them both well, you need look no further than Brittany's itinerary on that weekend in 2017 and what she continues to do both in her running as well as in her career, the way that she explained it to us. So let's talk a little bit about what you're doing along lines of both of those. You now have a coach. You now have a trials qualifier. You now have Mercuria running. And along with Jenny Nedick, you guys are doing some cool things that have application, not just to your training, but to a bunch of us, including D2 and me and all of our listeners. I think where they come together is your preparations for February 29th, as well as your ability to share that well after February 29th with so many others. So what have some of those highlights of your training been, those two years since Los Angeles and the qualifier, that you're like, hey, listen, you don't ever need to qualify for the Olympic trials to get something from this and to perhaps be better because of it. Totally. Yeah. I, 
look back on the past two years and I've been training really hard and I've been getting a lot faster, of course. But when I look back over the two years, I'm like, wow, running has taught me more about myself, more about who I am as a person, more about my work ethic. And that's where, you know, when we're coaching people, it's like, that's what it's about. I don't care if you want to just run an hour 5k, if it's bettering you and if you're going to put in the work and really invest in yourself and have fun with it, like that is where it's at. And that's where I just made so many gains. Um, of course in, um, time, which is where it matters in, in running, especially elite running. But, um, we've just had so much fun, but we've also had the times where, um, we've had to learn from the setbacks. You know, I, um, was supposed to run the London marathon last spring and I had a, a back injury and we had to look at a lot of pieces in my training and just say, what's not working. And one of the biggest pieces was that we, uh, I was just taking it way too seriously because in my head I was like, I'm an elite runner. I, I must do elite runner things. I must be elite runner. And I was not having fun. And I was, you know, I thought about it and my, as an elite runner, you have a shelf life to a pro career. And I don't know how long that is, but I didn't want to look back and think, man, I wish I would have had more fun when I was running pro. Um, and so that was a big shift that we made was, um, I asked her if I could, um, could we have like a theme each week where you like surprise me with a theme and I have to incorporate it into my training each week. And, um, Jenny's a former art teacher and so super creative mind. And she was like, fully on board. And so that's what we've done since, uh, since May or June. And it has been the best thing, um, not only for my training, but also for my creative side, because I can't really perform too much right now because training is so, um, intense, but this like creative outlet of being able to have different training things each week. And then I create art after that. Um, each week has just totally, let my creative comedic brain still be in training also. Wow. I love that. At Big Peach Running Company, one of our core values is we take fun seriously. And I can see that through what you and Jenny are doing. For those who haven't already made this connection, check out mercuriarunning.com. That's M-E-R-C-U-R-I-A running.com. Along with Coach Jenny Brittany, probably more so post-trials, brings what they have very clearly stated as a word, intentionally chosen, mercuria, that means play, as a play on the name Mercury. Ancient mythology was the speedy messenger of the gods. And this couple of speedy ladies has a cool twist. So along with this famous winged shoes that you'll find on the website, the common symbol became part of their logo, became part of their name. And you think about these two female coaches who are bringing new thinking and quite frankly, real results. I hope that all of our listeners will check it out because I thought both the novelty of this as well as the range of athlete that this has so much application. Sure, both you and Jenny are awesome. If you look at your performances, where you've PR'd and the records that you've set, but then you also look at who you're coaching and I guarantee you they're the same people we have the good fortune of seeing in our stores, people who are just trying to get the most out of their fitness routine or get back into it or perhaps just get around the block a few more times next week than they did last. How do you take your Olympic trials qualifying standard and so easily, it seems, so capably relate to those 
who are just getting started again in their fitness journey or don't have goals that are at all like making the Olympic trials? Yeah, I think it's uh, so it's just keeping it really simple. You know, it's at the end of the day, we're speaking the same language We're we're just running and mm. that's all it is. It's the exact same thing that we're doing, no matter what speed or ability or whatever you're at. And that's what we really hope to convey. And like, we, we just know how much running can bring to someone's life that is so outside of the actual running piece, you know? And I think that that's what we're so passionate about is helping people realize their value and realize their capacity and their abilities. And we like to just use the vehicle of running and cause we love it. And, um, just also just like such a great source of community and play and support. Um, and we just love everyone's stories. That's really what it comes down to for us is everyone's got a story and you matter. And how can we help you, um, show yourself that via running? Um, so it's just so simple and it's, you know, and it's also like, I've been through the gamut of (laughs) injuries and doubt and, hard workouts and the days that it's snowing and you don't want to get outside. I've been through all of it. And so I think knowing that I've been through it and I'm hopefully able to help you get through it is kind of part of our mission too. Um, in me being on this journey is that I want to be able to share the things that I've learned to help other people as well. Well, and I love you say on the website from Mercury running that most of all, to keep running fun. And I think that oftentimes gets overlooked. Everything from our character icon to our approach. In fact, you would think, well, gosh, a collection of running stores in the same city where the Olympic trials are taking place. I bet there's very little interest in a class called How to Hate Running Less. And sure enough, it is a class that we offer, not because we think, man, there are very few people who don't like to run. The reality is we know there are a lot of people who need people like you, Brittany, who most of all want to keep running fun. And perhaps even people like us and our instructors for how to hate running less, because that's the biggest obstacle. Yeah, that's so funny that you mentioned that we have a class called uh, Funner Runner 101-er. It's the exact same thing of... (laughs) How do you like, why are we hating running? And I also, um, incorporate cause I teach improv also. So I, um, incorporate some improv elements into that, um, that I use on my runs too, to exactly that keep running fun. And we like want the longevity of running. So, you know, how can we keep it as playful as possible? I, D2, I thought I really liked our How to Hate Running Less until I heard Funny Runner 101, or I think she's got us beat on the titling of the class. So well done. Once again, you've one-upped us, Brittany. That's really good work. Well, we have this thing that we'll say that the entire world, every single person on this planet is broken into one of three categories. And I know you'll appreciate this if, if nothing else, because you'll be like, oh yeah, we know where the most sizable population is. But the three categories are people who like to run, people who would like to run, and people who would like to like to run. They all fall into one of those three categories. And yet the would like to like to run is the biggest one. And how you communicate depends on which category the individual is in. And people can move back and forth from category where at one point you're the person who would like it, and then all of a sudden you get injured, now you're the person who would like to like it, or vice versa. You're the person who never thought you could possibly like it, and now you're that person who can't wait to get out of bed in that snow 
on that winter day and get out there and get a few miles in. So I love the fact that you're doing yeah. this kind of work. Let me ask you this. If we think about just the fun person you are, tell us about your coin habit. Yes, pennies. I could not, not help but share this. So you have this somewhat, I'm going to call it strange addiction to picking yeah. up change, loose change, and specifically pennies on your runs. But this isn't just as a way to supplement the income of a starving, you know, sketch <laughs> comedy. This is absolutely something that you enjoy doing. Oh, I love it so much. And it is a borderline really gross habit. Um, <laughs> So I've been doing it for years. I uh, love finding change on my runs, and I find change almost every day. Um, but I, I, yeah, I have this thing with pennies. I don't know what it is. Abe Lincoln is my favorite president, so that works out. Um, <laughs> I also would like to note that I don't discriminate against quarters, nickels, and dimes or other <laughs> forms of currency. So I'll put that out there. Um, but yeah, it brings me so much joy, and it. I think I've realized that. Um, Finding pennies keeps me really present when I'm running because I'm just looking, I'm just in the moment. Um, but they're my little sources of joy and they're my uh, signs. I call them my pennies from heaven because they're kind of just my affirmations that I'm on the right path. Plus, it's just really satisfying to come home and see how much loot you've acquired. Um, yeah, and I know all the hot spots, so I know like <laughs> where in town are the best places to find it. Sometimes I do stakeout car washes. Um, yeah, it's so funny, and I keep track of um, <clears throat> how much change I found specifically on runs. And so two years ago, I found 17, and I don't count it up until the end of the year, but two years ago, I found $17 and like 13 cents. And I was like a little bit disappointed because I was like, no, I, I like spent all year and it was a big year and I found a lot of change. So last year I was like, I'm going to count every single, I'm going to tally up every single penny nickel down quarter that I found. And I found $24 and like 60 cents last year, but I, it was like 150 pennies and like, like 30 quarters and things like that. So I felt like that was a bit more, um, worthy of sharing. Well, at least for somebody who's only in it for the money, but you're in it for the, for the fun. So what the total is, doesn't really matter. Well, and I have to say you've ruined me because, and in full transparency, I reached out to Brittany at the end of 2019 saying, Hey, Congratulations on making the trials. Love to have you join us on the Run ATL podcast, along with some scheduling conflicts that we had. We weren't able to have the conversation until we got close to February. And ever since you accepted our invitation, every time I see a coin on the ground when I'm running, I'm like, gosh, darn it. Brittany has ruined me because I feel like I got to pick this thing up or I am a yeah. bad runner in general. So I don't know whether I should thank you or be upset with you for me now looking down and uh -huh. looking at the loose change differently than I have in the 20 plus years of running before this. You're on my path. Honestly, <laughs> I'm, this makes me so happy. <laughs> Well, I'm not yet sure. I'll weigh in perhaps after you get past the trials, whether it makes me happy or not, and maybe send you a note towards the end of the year and let you know if I'm any closer to getting my kids through college or anything like that. But so one of the things that I will say, well, okay, this is where Brittany's had some influence on me. In addition, just loving your story and knowing how encouraging you are and your story is for so many people. There is one bone that D2 and I have to pick with you. By okay. your own admission, you're a bad Coloradoan. So I'm a Leadville 100 finisher. D2 was out there last year to pace. My trip to Colorado last year included miles and miles of trail running from the west side of Rocky Mountain National Park. When I get to Colorado, it is 
to run trails. And yet, yeah. from everything I can tell about you, that is not really of that much appeal to you. In fact, there are things out there on those trails that has taken you quite a bit of boldness to even get comfortable with. So tell us about your love-hate relationship with your home state. Yeah, I know. Uh, so everyone always asks, like, when you're from Colorado, so I'm born and raised native, um, and everyone always asks if I ski or snowboard. I say neither, um, and I blame it on running because I'm like, well, I can't be on the trails because I'm uh, – or I can't be skiing because I can't risk getting injured. Um, and they're like, oh, great, so you're a trail runner? And for the longest time, I was like, absolutely not. I want no part of trail running. I think it's dirty. I don't understand why people wear backpacks. Like, I don't understand <laughs> the want socks I don't get the different hats like no one's wearing crop tops <laughs> I was like a diehard road runner and so again after London um not being able to run London my coach who is a trail runner she was like you need to get on softer services we need to get you on trail and I was like no if you put me on trail I'm gonna have to grow a beard like I'm gonna have to start eating lots of granola I'm not doing it there's animals out there no way she finally convinced me so I went on a trail run in May and then three. So that day I, I like was like, what am I missing? This has been amazing. It was so difficult. Um, and I loved it. And so I signed up that day for the Leadville heavy half, which was three weeks later. Um, so I actually like did branch in a trail and I ended up winning the race um, nice. in June last year. And then I ran two other trail races and won those last year. So I fully embrace and love the trail culture. So I'm slowly becoming a better Coloradoan, I'd like to say. But the sad part is no pennies on the trails. That's the only thing. Oh, that's right. That's true. Well, and, and who knows? It depends on the trails, but certainly in certain places in Colorado, compared to those hot spots that you've identified in and around the city of Denver, I'm sure it is a little disappointing. Well, we're kind of coming towards each other, I suppose, if I'm now keeping watch out for those coins on the ground in and around the city of Atlanta, and you're getting out on the trails in Colorado and enjoying it, maybe we're not as different as uh, perhaps I thought we were when I first started doing some research. Yeah, no, I'm um, fully on board with the trail train. Well, my guess is you're off the trail train, at least through the trials. And then given the fact that it sounds like you were three for three last year in terms of winning trail races, does that give you perhaps some motivation to get back to running trails after you get back from Atlanta? Yeah, totally. So we've been, since um, you guys have some lovely hills that um, we'll be racing on in at trials, um, we have been doing a lot of tr uh, hill work, but I still get to incorporate at least one day a week or every 10 days or so on the trails um, just to kind of keep it all fresh. And just trails also I love because they really do put everything in perspective. You can't get to the top of a trail and not be grateful for running and just like the world and everything. So, um, that's been a really big piece. So I've been able to add a little bit in there, but yeah, I'm actually really excited, uh, come summertime, who knows, you know, pending whatever happens at trials, um, to get back on trail and just like see what I can do now that I'm got some experience under my belt. Awesome. Well, I'm not going to suggest that you are fully tuned up and ready to go, but I do want to talk about Houston. And Houston, as what might have been your last big-time tune-up, you had a great race very recently. You won your age group, which by any standard is one of the most competitive female 30 to 34. You didn't know this? No, that's cool. 
<laughs> yeah, see, I, my, the, right. the quality of research on the Run ATL podcast, second to none. I don't care how many of yeah. these you do in your career, you're going to come back and be like, those guys from the Run ATL podcast, what an unbelievable research right. department they have. Yes, you won well, your age that- group. <laughs> You pr- now you cool. may have closed your eyes at the finish line, or you were looking down to see if anybody had dropped a couple of pennies as they had crossed, or what have you. But you also finished <laughs> one hour, thirteen minutes, and thirty-four seconds. For those of you whose arithmetic perhaps isn't as good as my notes, that's five minutes and thirty-seven seconds as the pace per mile. That is wicked fast, and seems like a great place to be as you make your approach to Atlanta. Final few weeks of training. Tell us what you were thinking when you were in Houston and kind of what your intent was for that race and quite frankly how it worked out as part of your plan of being as ready as possible for the trials yeah thank you um i yeah i had i had so much fun in houston um i so my approach to that race was how am i going to approach atlanta um this is my first trials and as we've talked about it's been a really short fast two years of a lot of progress. And so it's still kind of scary, you know, going into this and playing with the big dogs and, you know, putting yourself out there and what is it going to be like? How am I going to keep my head on? So we just did, um, all the things that I'm planning to do for trials. And so because, um, the trials course is hilly, um, we've been focusing on effort and taking a, a lot of the pressure off of pace during my training and stuff like that, because, you know, hills do alter your pace. And I also find, I've also learned that pace for me gets really in my head and it stresses me out. And then, um, that's what I end up focusing on. So for Houston, I actually, um, taped over my watch, um, and I wrote presence lady, um, cause one of my years or one of my words for 2020 is presence and just like being in the moment, just focusing on effort, how you feel. Um, and that was probably the best thing I could have done was, uh, take the pressure off of pace. So I didn't even know where I was at time wise or anything like that in Houston. And I just could go on feel and just run my race. And, um, I had a blast and I think that was probably the best thing I could have done because if I would have looked down at my watch and seen some of those middle miles at 525 pace, I would have freaked out, but I was just coming back to listening to my body, listening to how I felt, knowing where I could, push it. And then, you know, my last mile ended up being a five eleven, And that was kind of crazy because I was just able to lean into my effort and know where I do well, which is at the finish. And so, um, that's my intent for trials as well Is it's not going to come down to time that day. It's going to come down to place and effort. And also I just want to enjoy it. I was able to just focus on Houston as a race and, um, be in the moment, notice all the crowd, notice the other runners and just take it in. And trials is such a special, um, event that I never thought I would have the opportunity to do. And so I want to soak in every moment of it. I love Atlanta. I've gotten to run there. That'll still be my third time running there and I love it. So I just want to take that same approach and let the cards fall as they will, as long as I just put my best effort out there. That's awesome. Of course, biased as we are, we love the fact that you already are familiar with Atlanta, love Atlanta and are looking forward to being here. The fact that you're feeling really good physically sounds like you're super strong emotionally and mentally. You're ready to go. I know it's not tomorrow. So there are a few weeks yet that stand in between having this conversation and getting you to the start line. And we certainly wish you all the best to do so. Before we let you go, Brittany, we've got A little bit of fun, perhaps more so for D2 and for me than for you, but 
the next few weeks, we're going to talk to a number of trials qualifiers, including those who have been in, in Houston. In fact, Jared Ward, for those of you who may know that name, he won the men's in Houston. He'll be our guest before the trials. We'll also talk to Haley Chura, professional triathlete who won the race. And Molly Huddle, who ended up finishing second in Houston, is on our list. So we're going to bring you all kinds of the trials qualifiers, whether they have the same fun nature that Brittany does. We cannot yet promise, but nonetheless, we are bringing them to you all the time this month in February to get the city of Atlanta ready. But we're going to give everybody these questions, kind of test your knowledge, your local knowledge, give you something that you can say you learned on the way if you didn't know ahead of time, and then give us some things to think about. Would you do that for us? Yeah, I'm in. All right, let's do it. So first of all, first question, which team was the last professional sports team in Atlanta, professional sports team in Atlanta to win their respective championship? You don't have to tell me uh, when. The Falcons? Oh, no. Believe it or not, from the MLS, the Atlanta United won their cup in 2018. And I know Denver is a soccer city as well. And the Falcons, not too many people want to talk Falcons football right now. But that is a guess that we'll see how Jared and, and Molly and all the others do. But so far, D2, we're 0 for 1 on that. Atlanta United in 2018. Okay, after the 1996 Centennial Olympic Games, Olympic Stadium, where track and field was, where the marathon finished, it was converted into the new home of the Atlanta Braves and was named after the then team owner and founder of CNN. Who is that former team owner and media magnet who is a key personality in the history of this great city of Atlanta? Uh, is it... Uh, it's on the tip of your tongue. Walter Cronkite? <laughs> <laughs> And you know what? I almost, that's going to be the best answer we get right there. There it is. That's even better than the correct answer. I feel like out of obligation, I got to share it with you. It's Ted Turner, but I love the Walter Cronkite answer. So that's good. So when you get here, when you see the CNN center, when you're down there at Centennial Olympic Park, you can think about this conversation and you can be like, gosh, you would never believe how much time, how many hours Walter Cronkite spent in that building. But don't tell anybody we gave you that permission. I'm absolutely going to do that. It's amazing. All right. So here we go. I don't know if you've had a chance to spend much time sightseeing on the course when you've been getting ready, whether it has been kind of on the laptop or on the course itself. So there are a few famous landmarks in Atlanta, of course, and some of them are on the course. So we're going to see how many of them, you know, are on the course so that you can be ready to, if nothing else, have a very brief distraction from the enjoyable pain that I'm sure you'll be in as you're running the pace you will be at the Olympic trial. So here are three what I would say are very, very notable landmarks, no matter who you are or where you're from that happen to be in Atlanta, which of these are on the course? The birthplace of Martin Luther King Jr., the presidential library for our 39th U.S. president, that would be Jimmy Carter, or where yes. a novel that perhaps, even if you've not read or seen the movie, you've at least heard of, Gone with the Wind, written by Margaret Mitchell, and where that was penned. So those are three landmark locations are any of them on the course and if so which ones yeah aren't aren't they all like um because on the because on uh the course preview i remember running past there's the church it's going to be on your left of mm -hmm. uh, mlk's um uh i don't know if it was birthplace but it was definitely a church and i remember somebody giving me a historical fact about it because i was like that's amazing that and they said that that the course strategically ran past it so we get that historical moment 
Yes. So I feel like I definitely know. I don't yeah. know if it's his birthplace, but is that correct? Well, it is correct. And the whole area is, the, is, is actually operated by the National Park. So it's technically the National Park. The birthplace itself, the home, isn't on the course. But the way the question was set up and your answer, totally complete and 100% accurate. Yes, and well done bringing, Aben, uh, bringing Ebenezer Baptist Church in the mix as well. That uh, We got a bonus point. That makes up for your Falcons guess. How Thank about you. for the Presidential uh, Library and the Margaret Mitchell House? How about those two? Oh, yeah. The Margaret Mitchell House is because it's on Peachtree. Nice. And what about the Presidential Library and, for Jimmy Carter? What do you think? Um, so this, if this is true, I have such an affinity for presidential history. So if this is true, this warms my heart and it makes it even more special. But I can't picture where that is. You are it, right. It is on the course. It is not on the course. I'm going to give you credit for that because you couldn't picture where it is, which means it wasn't on the course. It just also means, of course, if you have that affinity for presidential history, you'll have to make an extra hour or two available pre or post race to go see that presidential library. It's nearly uh, it's going to be easy for you to get to at some point. You may even see signs for it on the course, but it is the only one out of those three that are not on the course. So Jimmy Carter kind of got the short end of the proverbial stick there compared to Margaret Mitchell and Martin Luther King Jr. But it's going to be a great course. So here's where we're going to let you take us, Brittany, because I will tell you the city of Atlanta, running City USA, so amped up about hosting these trials. And each day that passes and as we get closer to the date itself, we are busy asking ourselves, how can we make it better? How can we make this more memorable for the athletes, for the citizens, for all of us who are going to be part of that special day? But we need to ask those of you who are going to be out on the course that question. So let's finish with this. What can the, what I would say, very, very biased, the incredibly fine and enthusiastic citizens of Atlanta and what D2 and I would refer to as Run ATL Nation, what can we all do to make your trip to Atlanta as wonderful, as special, and as memorable as possible? Bring your absolute joy as well. And just bring your energy of, um, the sport of running and just like what we're out there doing. And that goes so far. You can feel it in a city. You can feel it on a course when the people watching really appreciate and know what's happening and know, um, they're just in the moment with you. So I think just like bring your presence, uh, PRE, like not like gifts, but bring your presence <laughs> and just like absolute joy. Like be as, have as much fun as we're having, even though like we'll get to the moments in the race where, it looks like we're in a lot of pain and hating every second. I promise that most of I can speak for myself. I'm loving it. This is such an opportunity. So um, just cheering for us. I think those moments, um, all like cheer as much as you can for all the athletes out there. That's um, the best thing that you can give us. And we just appreciate the city opening up to us and getting to run on the streets and um, just having a fun city to run in. So I just appreciate everything that Atlanta's putting out there for us. That's awesome. So that came from her. That's not just coaching from D2 and I in terms of being there, being loud. And I love that being present with the athletes as they go by and perhaps 
Brittany, you'll take note of our Midtown store location is on the part of the course that you'll go by eight times. So you can bet that you'll have a big gallery at that particular part on Peachtree. We look forward to seeing you then. Again, we have spoken with today our featured conversation, Brittany Charbonneau. She is the funny runner. She has made me feel so much better, not just in this time, but in general about what we do. You can learn more about her at thefunnyrunner.com. Also, don't forget, you can see more of what she is doing at mercuriarunning.com. That's M-E-R-C-U-R-I-A running.com. Brittany, thank you and all the best to you between now and when we see you in Atlanta. Thank you guys so much and so excited to see you in just a few short weeks. It'll be here before you know it. And in the meantime, we're going to take this quick break. We'll be back just after this. Do your feet hurt? Feel any discomfort in your joints or lower back when you run? Your shoes might be the root of the problem. Whatever your fitness level, your feet should be comfortable and your shoes shouldn't be the cause of an injury or keep you from achieving your fitness goals. Come into any of our seven Big Peach Running Company locations for a free three-step fit process, including a video gait analysis. Our professional fitters will help get you into shoes that fit so you can enjoy running, walking, or any activity that requires you to be on your feet. Our 100% satisfaction guarantee will give you peace of mind if your new shoes don't live up to your expectations. Simply return them. No problems, no hassles, no time limit. We want to make sure you're completely happy with your shoes so you can achieve your fitness goals. Visit Big Peach Running Company today. And welcome back to the Run ATL Podcast D2. I don't know of too many episodes where I just kind of found myself laughing and chuckling as much as I did with Brittany. So cool. That weekend that she had where she's the runner-up on Denver's Next Improv Star and then literally goes to bed for just a short period of time, wakes up the next morning and wins the Denver Colfax Marathon and sets the course record. That's unbelievable. Also, she mentioned part of her definition based on the comedy that she does what she did not mention i've spent some time in the midwest a little bit of time living in evanston and rogers park at park in the chicago area she trained at second city which mm. is no joke when it right. comes to improv yeah you know i mean these are people like dan Aykroyd and, and john belushi tina fey joan rivers john yep. candy i mean that's no joke she's got real credibility not just with her times but also with this second career if you will that she's doing what did you take away from the conversation we just had. Well, she was a lot of fun to, to kind of listen. And, and I, I think there's there's two things that I, that I took away and that I can relate. And I think other people can as well. But, you know, she mentioned the word grace. And mm. it was six years from her first marathon until she qualified for the Olympics trials, right? And, you know, that takes patience. And just to give yourself a break, to know and not to beat yourself up is something that I think a lot of us tend to do. I know I've done it, you know, myself. Sure. Um, it's something right now as I'm trying to get back into, you know, being more of a serious runner, where more I was like more of a participant and more as like, oh, yeah, I don't care about time. Because once again, this goes to the second word was fun because I stepped back from running because all of a sudden it wasn't fun for me. I was too focused on the time, too focused on like, I got to train, I got to train, I got to train that it got to a certain point where I was like, I wasn't really having fun. So I took some time away. I'm still ran, ran. 
but for fun, not really trying to compete. And that's what I'm doing now. It's like, all right, now that yeah, I've turned 50, can I run like I did six years ago? And so I'm going out and I'm training and I'm like looking at time, but at the same time, it's okay if I'm not there. It, it takes time. It, you got you to slowly build up and you, you, you got to understand that everything takes patience and time. It's not going to happen overnight. So I think that's a lesson that, you know, that I certainly, it was reinforced to me. And I think our listeners, our listeners would appreciate that as well. I'm sure they did. And it will stick with us. She's known as the funny runner, but she is also the fun person. I can't imagine being coached by her. For those of you who would think that is a thrill as well. Again, don't forget Mercuria running. But we've talked, obviously, a ton and will continue to do so rightfully so, D2, about the Olympic marathon trials. We already talked about the possibility we may get no other work done because we're going to bring an all- pro high-powered broadcast every single week but we can't forget sunday's a big deal as well the Publix georgia marathon and half marathon falls on the first day of march after that leap day after those olympic trials that's where the majority of the population will be getting their miles that weekend yeah yeah and i'm signed up for it. i'm actually doing the half and i signed up for it um, I think at the end of last year, and I, I signed up for two half marathons at the beginning of the year. One was Jekyll Island, which I did just a couple weeks ago. And I said, I'm going out to PR. It's a flat course. I'm going out to PR. And I did not get that PR. This goes back to that grace and just having fun. And I had a great, you know, I had a great run. I had a great race. I did not meet the time. There's some things that I had as far as my nutrition. and But overall, I'm like, I'm happy with my time because... That PR was from like six years ago, and I've been running slow distances. I've been, you know, uh, slow, long distances and, um, you know, ultras and marathons where, you know, you can't, I can't run a sub eight minute pace at a marathon distance. And so, but I can try to hit that on a half marathon, but that's going to take time to get those legs, to get that speed in. And I just decided, you know, like at the end of November, I think, you know, around my birthday, I was like, oh, I'm going to sign up. I'll try to get a PR. I'm like, I'm not going to do that in like eight weeks, right? I mean, it's unrealistic, but that's kind of what I'm shooting for. So Publix will be that other one. I still don't think I'm going to get the the PR. It's it's a hillier course. I was going to say, you've not made it easy by suggesting that you got to come back on an Atlanta course to match or beat a time on Jack. Right. But this goes back to, you know, grace, right? And, and saying, okay, it's okay if I don't get it. You know, this is a, it's a process. It's a journey. I may not get it at Publix. I may get it, you know, down the road, but it's like, it's a work in progress. I got to keep at it and just keep at it, keep working at it. And then, you know, I don't know, maybe I'll get it this year. Maybe it'll be another year or two. But for me, it's like, can I, can I roll the clock back a little bit? You know, it's like, I'm 50. Can I, can I do what I did when I was like, you know, 44, you know, don't know if that's possible. Well, we'll let you know. We'll let the runners weigh in on that. All of the run ATL listeners can say, does D2 look faster and is his form better than that conventional 50-year-old? That's going to be a big day for sure. I'm ending up on the start line for the full marathon. I've done it a number of times. This year reminds me of the first year of the race, 2007. Different title sponsor back then. It was the ING Georgia Marathon and Half Marathon. Interestingly enough, that first year, we were hyper involved in the event. We did so much at the Health and Fitness Expo that preceded it. By the time we broke down from being at the expo, of course, had to go out and have the ceremonial dinner and a few beers. On the way back to our hotel, we see some of those responsible for putting the aid stations together, and they were woefully behind in their preparations, and they asked us for some assistance. So I kid you not, we spent from one o'clock in the morning until the start of the race 
unloading trucks at aid stations, water, ice, energy gel supplies, and everything you can imagine. We spent five years doing that. Some of your colleagues that you still know, Mm -hmm. we did that. I was the only one that was signed up for the marathon that day. So I knuckle dragged from the back of a truck, no sleep, two days at the expo and went to the start line. And I am happy to say one of my proudest moments was getting to that finish line. And now all of a sudden I feel like this could happen again. I don't think the Atlanta Track Club has anything to worry about in terms of being ready for the race. They have really taken a big bite out of the apple, of course, with the weekend they're putting together. But knowing how many friends and colleagues and athletes that we know that will be in town, what is my Saturday night going to be like before that Sunday morning start? So my guess is after doing that, you didn't go out and, and win you know, like Brittany did, right? I did not. No, <laughs> my follow-up act was not nearly as impressive. I was just happy to have finished. And certainly you and I will look forward to finding that finish line, making our way back to our Midtown store on Sunday. Perhaps by late Sunday afternoon, people will have retreated for a very much deserved nap. But it is going to be a fun weekend. It is going to be an awesome month for sure. Right. And speaking of our Midtown location, we just had a preview run, of preview run for the uh, for the full and the half and we've got another one on february 8th i was out there this past weekend i did go out and run 10 miles and kind of get reacquainted with the hills after training you know on flats and uh yeah i got some work to do um but <laughs> for those of you that are training or even if you just want to go run in a group it's open to anyone the we will be running the course for the half and it's pretty much i'd say 99 the actual course. We'll just be starting at our Midtown store. The course does go by our Midtown store, Mm -hmm. so that's easy to do. And then for the full... Um, we just ran, like, I think those that did it, did it 16 miles. So, you know, obviously, you know, we'll have the same course and we'll have a variety of different distances. If you're not going, don't want to do that long of a distance and you're just going for shorter, we've got a couple options, but it's a good time. It's a fun time. And it's always better when you're running with friends. We had something like, I think over 60 people that came out this past weekend. So we'll probably see similar numbers, if not more, as we get closer to Publix. I think you're right. And of course, as we get closer to the Olympic marathon trials, we are going to bring you more and more of the Run ETL podcast and all kinds of fun. So used to saying, we'll see you in two weeks. Not this time. We'll see you in but one week. But in the same vein, we will still say between now and then just seven days from now, when we do return, may your best miles be those covered on foot. <laughs>